About Race is sponsored by MailChimp. More than 7 million businesses around the world use MailChimp to send email newsletters. More at MailChimp.com. The following podcast contains explicit language. Hello and welcome to The B-Side for episode four of our national conversation about conversations about race, the recorded after certain events in Baltimore episode. I'm Raquel Cepeda here in Panoply's New York studios with my co-host Baratunde Thurston and Tanner Colby. What up, what up? Hello. Yo. If you're just joining us, The B-Side is a companion to our bi-weekly roundtable show where we discuss your thoughts, comments, and feedback. The last episode dealt with the fallout from Freddie Gray's murder in the custody of the Baltimore Police Department. How the media treated it, why black women, Native Americans, and Latinos are left out of the conversation around police brutality, and how neighborhoods are responsible for the economic inequality behind the unrest. Here's what you had to say. Sammy from South Dakota wrote us, and he said, Thank you for the work you are doing with your podcast. I have been listening since you started and love your show. I just listened to episode 004 and had to reach out to thank you for addressing the people who are almost always forgotten in these conversations, the Native American people who are pushed onto reservations and forgotten. Thank you for acknowledging the truth of how little attention is paid to the Native communities. Your conversation on this episode touched on suicide. I hope that you'll be able to go back to this issue as it truly seems to have significance in these conversations. How does cultural identity relate to these off-the-chart suicide rates? Thank you for discussing the physical neighborhoods in relation to conversations about race and how this cannot be just fixed by moving people around. Natives were pushed onto reservations and taken from their physical homes. Generations of trauma and a nation that has forgotten. I live, and he also suggested. Actually, he he recommended this uh, article that the New York uh, Times had recently um, published, maybe a week ago, that we'll put on the site. That's about youth suicides on the Pine Ridge Reservation. That was alarming. I live in South Dakota. I know that if a white community in our state, pretty much any community not on a reservation, had 12 kids die by suicide and an additional 103 attempts within three months, people would be fired the fuck up. Since we're talking about kids with brown skin, though, we won't even glance twice at those numbers. I could go on about everything else you discussed, but I'll just shut up for now. Thank you again. I look forward to the B-side of this episode. Damn, Damn. Sammy. Thank you. For sharing all that, one of the things I like about, you know, we can only cover so much with our own experience and with a lot of reading and just sharing that full message uh, was was really great. I'm curious, do you, either you have experience? Go ahead. You were about to say something. No, right? we got one uh, rather somewhat trollish uh, uh-huh. email complaining that we're all New Yorkers and like we well we kind of all have to be in the same room in order to do the podcast. Well, just, and we're let, not all New let the, First of all, there's a couple ways to address that because uh, we can use these B sides to also you know address the haters uh, with facts and love. The and just they're not haters if they have questions uh, or accusations. So we're not all from New York. We didn't, we're, we're all based in New York. Yeah, now. but so are ten York. million other people. That's a urban too. Chunk. Well, urban they were saying because they compared DC to New York and me. That's urban. fine. So, uh, first of all, everybody can start their own podcast. So, there's always, there there's always that. Like, that's not a total dismissive thing, but, you know, this, we, meet, we met in the city. So, that we're working together. The other thing is, I live partially in L.A., so that's the national. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'll get on a plane and be out there. I'm going to spend a significant amount of time in California and the West Coast. I think what's interesting about our range, and there's never a perfect range, mm-hmm. to your point, Jenna, like, somebody's always left out. And this is a complaint of someone who feels left out. But we come from different places. Like, you're a southern man. 
Right. Or at least we're a Southern child. Right. No, one um, of their complaints is that no one is here is from a small town. And I actually, it did grow up in a small town. Yeah. So unfortunately, they wanted a black voice from a small town. And unfortunately, what they got is a white voice from a small town. So, Damn it. So there you want to recast our podcast? Is that what's going on, <laughs> listener? Uh, right. Anonymous, uh, upset listener about our demographic lack of range. Uh, I, I think there's more to celebrate about our range than uh, to complain about. But, you know, the complaints will keep coming. And and the other thing that people should know to not be quite as dismissive, we will talk about things that aren't our own story. To Sammy's point, you know, mentioning Native Americans and suicide, like none of us is a Native person, but it's something that we want to talk about. I have Native ancestry. We'll eventually <laughs> have guests mm. and we can, can supplement the types of stories that we verbally talk about with their experience, too. So well, this is episode 4B, y'all. We're just four episodes in. If we get to 100 and you haven't heard any small town stories represented uh, and no Asian people represented, then you have uh, valid rights to complain, I think. But, you know, yeah, I mean, we have to. We're, the great thing about a podcast is that we can, you know, breathe. Yeah. We don't have to. Imagine if you address every single race in every single podcast. You're not giving it, you know. Then everybody gets three seconds. Exactly. <laughs> you're not giving right. it. The, you're not giving people the respect that they deserve. Yeah. You just have to, you know, bear with us and, you know, stay on this journey. So what else we got? Okay. So um, from Candace Hoffman Hussein, love the discussion on whether to say Baltimore uprising or Baltimore riots or Baltimore protests. I just finished teaching a college class on racial and ethnic relations, and we were discussing the same topic just a few days before I heard your podcast. I really enjoyed your podcast episodes, and I hope that you get more listeners. You deserve it. Total agreement. We agree with that email. Yeah, 100%. more of emails like that. More praise. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. And an angel jewel said something Tanner said stood out to me. Once the media has a story, that's the story. And the third segment, that conversation left me curious and a bit conflicted. What the, was the, the segment about moving to the suburbs and assimilating? Yeah, there were. I mean, there were several comments on that. Yeah. Um, she, I wish you were more specific about. Yeah. The conflict that she one felt. one person gave a thumbs up to your comment and it struck me the the don't move to Mars fix Earth oh yeah that got retweeted yeah. a bunch that got yeah. retweeted a bunch yeah. and it struck me that I think your analogy was wrong <laughs> because the because the you the, don't like Earth? the wealth well the wealthy white neighborhoods yeah. aren't Mars in in terms of a a horrible foreign far off place that's a last ditch effort to save humanity it's more like you have a part of the earth that has been denuded and stripped of resources because of an exploitative regime, and you have another part of the earth that has those resources. It's like Ireland was. was I, I think you're. I think you're. You're picking. It's. It's valid. The Mars thing works. Twitter loved it. Let the people uh, speak for themselves through their clicks. Um, and the idea of escaping, declining, you know, to a, a gated, private, expensive, like to get to Mars costs a ton of money. To, to work there, you're putting up barriers and setting up, you have private resources and you're abandoning. I think what I was really going for was the idea of abandonment of the commons and, and Earth being the commons and Mars being only Well, the accessible. whole city of Baltimore is the commons. It's the whole city. Yes, but the... And I, the, the point is not that low-income neighborhoods shouldn't have better resources. They should. They absolutely should have better infrastructure, better housing, better relationships with police, better schools, and better everything else. But the point raised by the study is that access to white social capital and institutions was the thing that was making the difference if we take the study's results yeah. at face value, and that's the discussion we were having. And so, therefore, even if we raise the floor of the experience of the people in these low-income black neighborhoods, which we should do, 
do you have to escape in order to move up the ladder? You should be able to be, you know, live in a black community with dignity and and services and resources. But do you have to leave to ultimately, yeah, in, in this society? Yeah, and and I'm saying change the society. I think accepting the study also accepts a, a limit on what we want to build that I don't accept. But so. Prince George's County is basically what you're talking about. It's a black community that has more wealth and more resources, and that still lags far behind the other places in terms of providing economic uplift, according to the study, anyway. Yeah, but so we just have more work to do. I don't, like, first of all, I just want to come back to this. The Mars thing worked. Twitter liked it. People retweeted. <laughs> Mars, okay, we have to leave that. Go ahead, Raquel. So I'm going to move on, okay, guys? Yes, please. Okay, okay. Uh, from Gmail, we received the following email. Enjoying the show. One thought about the assimilation segment. Oh, we're going to beat the dead horse now. You okay. just brought okay. us back to this. Okay, no, I'm going to read something else then. Okay. okay. <laughs> no, read it. It's, it's, it it's, depends. Who does it prove right? Feedback. Who does it prove right? I don't know who it proves That's right. No, and yet I'm I still want to listen to it. Okay, 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 okay. I'm going I'm to read it. Okay. So, okay. Enjoying the show. One thought about the assimilation segment from the recent episode. Baratunde talked about the decline of white numbers in 2042 and then the decline of white concentration of capital by 2142 or 2242. But why should we think the category, quote, white will exist then? Did you write this, Tanner? No. no. Did you write us? No, I did not. <laughs> okay, your friend. It's, it's possible, your friend it's wrote possible this. that people in America um, might agree with me. <laughs> to do so, I'm going to continue on here, okay? Uh, to do, and this is from Kyle, okay? Okay. So, okay. Um, to do so, we wouldn't have to buy into the idea that, quote, whiteness is a real stable thing when we've seen it change in the past 100 years to include Irish, Italian, and Jewish Americans, for example. It seems like there's every reason to believe that the U.S. will be almost completely mixed race by 2242. In truth, it probably already is if we use the racial categories from the country's founding. Mm. Oh, okay, good point. And that we'll have new racial categories to go along with the new racial makeup. We live in an inherently assimilative country as opposed to, say, Japan. The question, perhaps, is not, is assimilation good, but rather, how best should we go about it? I don't know if I agree with that. We are naturally inherently assimilative. Versus a country like Japan, which has a much more strict... So where I agree with, you know, the French had a different struggle with this because Frenchness is less accessible Mm -hmm. to people not born in France. Same with Japan uh, and Americanness. As tight as it is and as like uneven uh, as citizenship is granted, is more open than many other nations. So his, his statement that we are more assimilative, we have proven Irish was considered a whole separate race. They weren't white. Well, you're, it's and assimilative if you're white, if you come from exa- an ethnically white. And th- so right? the, the question for Kyle is, does that only work because of skin tone and like phenotype, which can allow that granting? Like for, if you zoom out... It's like, oh, they're all basically physically white. So even though you worship differently or your cultural national heritage is different, we could, you could pass. You know, you could visually pass for this group. And when you start having more brown uh, colors going on in different eye shapes and things like that, like would the word and the term and the concept of white be offered unto people who don't match the phenotype or couldn't pass physically as white? Yeah, I mean, what do you say, white man? You're getting hung up on the word white. Think, think in these terms. There will be a group that is very large in numbers that has most of the power. 
however you define that group, whatever name you put on it, whoever's in it, that is the group, whatever their cultural and social norms are, that is the group that you need to be in. So therefore, if you are in an all-black neighborhood or even an all-Asian neighborhood or increasingly in an all-white poor neighborhood, you're not going to have access to whatever that group is because that group is increasingly multiracial. If you're poor white trash from Kentucky and you try to move up and go to college and you're surrounded by wealthy black and Hispanic kids, you're not going to know how to relate to them. So think of it in terms of the group with the power. And it will always be a case of moving up the ladder is moving socially and culturally towards that center of gravity of what that group is. Historically, it's been white. But it, And it's not it, just... It like, will change. So that's the question is, can you stay in Baltimore in the 100% black neighborhood or do you need to move? That's not the question. The question that we're responding to now from Kyle is about the assimilation nature and the classification of who can claim to be white. And the idea that this has been an open framework to allow Irish and Jews into it is to me a different question from maybe a different question from who has the power but it's also like whiteness has a very particular history and meaning and a lot of power, which is not going to go away no. in 2042 or 2242. So I don't think I'm getting hung up on the term white. I think whiteness has hung up our whole national conversation right. and money for so long that it's not It's not just we're going to have, oh, it's going to be mixed race people with all the power and that will be a new word. I don't think that's how the transition happens. I think white will remain a separate and very unequal element of acceptability, mainstreamness, and thus wealth in this country because the access to those institutions will be predicated on this look and on this history that's very, very hard to escape. So I, I, don't, I just don't think power can be stripped from white and white supremacy and whiteness uh, and the feel of it in the same way that you, the world you've described where mainstream maybe is a better word or power is a better word, but it's stripped of color. Well, I don't think it'll be stripped of color. Color will still play a very big role in it. And there'll be, you know, there'll always be divisions and factions. But increasingly, there will be people of color with money and some power. A few. The the whatever that dominant group is will be substantially white and dominantly white yeah. for the for the for the near term. Socially white. <laughs> but increasingly, more people hopefully will have access to it. All right. Okay. More than 7 million businesses around the world use MailChimp to send email newsletters and deliver high fives. The people behind MailChimp admire the projects that spread creative empathy in the world and creative chaos on the web. MailChimp also distributes hats for cats and small dogs. More at MailChimp.com. MailChimp. Send better email. I love our listeners because they really charge a conversation and they send us such thoughtful emails yeah. instead of just like, oh, we love it. We hate it. It's like a lot of thought-provoking fodder yeah. that, we're, that we're fed with these B-sides. I'm so glad that we're doing them. And there's one, there's another comment that I really wanted to get to okay. by Deuce Magoo. Love that name. I know. I you just win. love his name. Can we start giving out awards? Yeah, for like best he has the best name, name of the B side. And actually, he stood out because I was, I was like, "Whoa, that's so cool." Um, it says I posted this between the episode three B side podcast and the latest episode four that just dropped. Whole lot of talk on the internet about cops and race and the law. Everyone has an opinion, but this is rarely based on the reality of personal experience. I respect the law. I respect other people. I also respect the fact that power corrupts. If you are in a position of power, especially the power of life or death 
over another and you have the authority to use that power, you will. It takes a strong-willed, rational, socially conscious individual to check the impulse to inflict harm on another uh, on another in that position. Having said that, I feel that the social, political, and economic conditions in many of the current hotbed areas of the country are still being largely ignored. You cannot, however, ignore the frequency of black men dying at the hands of police, mostly white police. See the reality. Hashtag open your eyes. And he says, uh, keep doing what you're doing. I love the conversation. Yo. Thanks for the addition. Yeah. That's one, one, one of the things that I keep on, you know, reading, not only about this episode, but in general, that yeah. they like the way that we take these abstract ideas and add our own personal experiences. Because mm-hmm. that, like we were talking about before, Kiese Lehman, when you add personal experiences to these abstract ideas, it makes the conversation a lot more palatable. Yeah, you can relate. Yeah, you can you relate. Know? It's why people like fiction, because yeah. they can put themselves in that character. Right. Um, and it plays out in a, like, what's going to happen next way as opposed to, like, oh, this is a bullet point in a thought experiment. So we got this question a few times, and we're trying to get better at it. We're trying. We're trying. Is it possible to post? Oh, this is from Teresa. And she's asking, quick question. Is it possible to post on FB or your website links to the various studies, books, movies, et cetera, that you mentioned on the show? I listen in my car, so I can't write these down. Right. So we're trying. We're listening. We're trying really hard to pad everything if we don't get better, we will flog Cody Carvel, and oh. you can hear it. We'll spend a whole B-side just... And, and just to give people some kind of behind the scenes of how this actually comes together, I mean, we record on Fridays. The show drops on Tuesday in terms of the main episode. The mm-hmm. B-side comes out a little earlier on the Monday. And we're working all... We don't live together. We don't work together. We travel a lot. We have kids and movies to make. And people to respond to with aggression on Twitter, and, and that takes a significant amount of time. Uh, and you know, we have our first advertiser, but we're not really making money. Uh, so we have a, a wonderful volunteer friend of the show, Cody Carvel, who helps us pull all this together. Uh, he assembles research on the topics we say we want to talk about. He's in the studio right now, but we don't put a mic in front of him because we don't want to have two white men talking. Uh, Tanner represents Cody uh, ethnically well <laughs> enough, and and so and he's also default taking on a lot of the tech infrastructure website development so yeah so we have been listening and reading and thinking and processing and we did pad our episodes up with information and links etc but thank you for your patience and we're going to try to get better and better and better and better but if for now you know you just go to showaboutrace.com and are we going to put anything up on facebook I mean, look, we can just put, drop the website link. They, people yeah. who exist on Facebook can, are capable of getting to our domain name. Yeah. So we yeah. may package it up real nice in like a note on Facebook with all the episode links right, there right. too. Right. But for the time being, trip your mobile browser. I know it's difficult to leave the Facebook vortex. Showaboutrace.com. You can do Show it. We believe in you. Com. All yes. the show notes are there. Boom. Yes, Boom. yes. Thanks for joining us for the B-side of episode 004, the recorded after certain events in Baltimore episode. 